I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. Welcome to the Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Happy New Year from the entire Ziegler team. We pledge to give you our very best efforts in helping you to have a great 2008. My name is Blake Lindsay, and I want to welcome you to Zig Ziegler's Inspire Podcast. Today, Zig is going to tell us how he finished writing his book, Over the Top. He is going to give us a definition of what a person over the top is like. As you listen, think about your life and where it fits into Zig's definition. When I was writing my book, Over the Top. And if you did not get your book with a set of tapes, if you do not have a copy of it, I encourage you to pick up a copy of Over the Top. Now, much of the information is in these tapes. But you see, when you listen to something, that appeals to you emotionally. When you read it, that appeals to you logically. If you read it and hear it, then you're far more inclined to take action on it. So I encourage you to pick up a copy. I'd finished the book. My daughter, who happens to be in our live audience this evening, was the editor. And we had more fun writing that book together. She's the best editor by far I have ever had. We completed the manuscript. We sent it to the publisher, and he promptly packed it up and sent it back and said, how can you tell people how to go over the top when you haven't identified what the top is? I thought to myself, well, that's a bit of snap. I worked for two solid months. I would write, and no, that's not it. I'd write some more, no, that's not it. I'd try again. I'd get out and take those long walks, and nothing was happening. I mean, I didn't have a clue. Then one day, the redhead and I were in Shreveport, Louisiana. We were there visiting her sister, who's in a nursing home. She has MS. Many of the people in that home are beyond human help. When we walk in there, I'm a solution-oriented guy. Somebody says, here's a problem. I say, step number one is this, step number two is this, step number three is that. Some of those people, unfortunately, or beyond that human help I spoke of. The redhead is not burdened with the belief that she's got to solve people's problems. She just walks in and grabs them and starts hugging and starts telling them how pretty they are, how much she loves them, how glad she is to see them. And they gather around her like beeves at a hive. They really are there. 
And on that particular day, I watched it, and I couldn't handle it. I walked out. As I walked out, I was praying. I said, Lord, give me that kind of heart. Make me have that kind of compassion for my fellow human being. Touch me so that I will have that kind of spirit. In a few minutes, I felt better. I walked back in. They were in the big meeting room. My wife and her sister were seated at the table. I walked in and sat down, and all of a sudden, it started to come. The only piece of paper I had was the back of the motel bill, which I had just paid. I took the sheet of paper out, the bill out, and I started writing. 90% of what this is is what I wrote in a few minutes that I'd struggled with for two months. You're at the top when you clearly understand that failure is an event, not a person. That yesterday ended last night, and today is your brand new day. You've made friends with your past, are focused on the present, and optimistic about the future. You're at the top when you know that success, a win, doesn't make you, and failure, a loss, doesn't break you. When you're filled with faith, hope, and love, and live without anger, greed, guilt, envy, or thoughts of revenge. You're at the top when you're mature enough to delay gratification and shift your focus from your rights to your responsibilities. You're at the top when you know that fated to stand for what is morally right is the prelude to being the victim of what is criminally wrong. You're at the top when you're secure in who you are so you are at peace with God and in fellowship with man. You're at the top when you've made friends of your adversaries and have gained the love and respect of those who know you best. When you understand that others can give you pleasure, but genuine happiness comes when you do things for others. You're at the top when you're pleasant to the grouch, courteous to the rude, and generous to the needy. You're at the top when you love the unlovable, give hope to the hopeless, friendship to the friendless, and encouragement to the discouraged. You're at the top when you can look back in forgiveness, forward in hope, down in compassion, and up with gratitude. You're at the top when you know that he who would be the greatest among you must become the servant of all. You're at the top when you recognize, confess, develop, and use your God-given physical, mental, and spiritual abilities to the glory of God and for the benefit of mankind. You're at the top when you stand in front of the creator of the universe and he says to you, well done, thou good and faithful servant. After I identified the top, I realized what I'd really done. I'd identified the bottom. That's the base. That's the foundation upon which you can build any kind of career, whether it's in education, athletics, business, medicine, law, accounting, computers, or whatever. I believe these are principles that will make a difference. Well, here I am back in the studio. The only thing I'm going to suggest is that because this particular story was recorded in a different environment, the acoustics and the sound will be just a little different. In no way should that distract from the message itself. And that's what I want you to hear. Now, 
Let's go to another live audience. But what happens to people when they have no hope? I, I have a good friend. Her name is Pam Lantos. Uh, Pam was an overweight, depressed housewife. She had been under the care of a psychiatrist for five years who assured her every time they got together that she would always need him because you are never going to get any better. I am your only hope. Bottom line is, she literally was sleeping from 12 to 18 hours every day. She only got up to prepare her children and husband breakfast, then she went back to bed. She got up then to prepare them dinner, and she went back to bed. That was her daily routine, and it had been going on for several years. And then one day, she heard an advertisement on the radio, and the advertisement was uh, about a uh, health club and it kind of piqued her interest. And as a matter of fact, for the first time in a long time, she caught just a glimmer of hope. As a story within a story, General Robinson Reisner is a friend of mine. He was a prisoner of war in the Hanoi Hilton for about seven years. Five and a half years, he was in solitary confinement in a minute, small cell. I guess that's the same thing, isn't it? Uh, minute and small. Uh, well, minute's even smaller than small. Well, anyhow, the little old bitty place that he was confined in. And uh, the way he kept from literally losing his mind uh, was that he would jog by the hour right there in place in his cell. And it still on occasion was so uh, depressing in there, he would take his underwear and stuff it in his mouth and scream at the top of his voice. He did not want the enemy to know that they were getting to him. And he said one day in the depth of his despair, he was down on the, the floor in this little cinder block cell and he started crawling around and putting his eye up against the wall hoping he could see something on the outside. And there was a minute crack and he saw a single leaf. And he told us in our, one of our classes here, our Born to Win seminar, he said, you will never know what it meant to me to see a single green leaf after having seen no sign of life other than my tormentors all of these years. I don't know how the story impacts you, but that day I made a new resolution. And that was I'd be very careful about what I complained about and very sensitive to the things that I have to be grateful for. Pam Pantos that day, listen to the rest of the rest of the rest. Just a glimpse, a glimmer of hope in what that commercial said. I had to get up and up and down to the club and see watch the people there and everybody was everybody being being a good dude and having fun fun fun. What 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 number one and 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 so 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 we've all 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 first first step step step. You don't you don't you don't be be eight eight eight. It's got, it's got to start, start, start. To be, to be, to be. And so, and so, pam, 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 all that, all that. Take, 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 first, first, on the club, club. Started, started, started. She's, 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 she's feeling, feeling so much 
better. As a fact, fact, got a job, job, sing, thing, thing, in that, that, that club, and was very successful at it. But, but she was a very, very asthmatic. She was up and down. She was on the roller coaster because you don't cure depression like that, uh, you know, just by a few exercises and a, and a few weeks. And, and so her manager gave her a set of my tapes which contains basic information I'll be sharing with you every week in uh, these classes. And uh, she started listening to those tapes and uh, that was an encouragement that she needed to fuel the hope. She stabilized her productivity which consistently got better and better. And then she decided she wanted to sell radio advertising because she really loved radio. She applied for her favorite station. They weren't even interviewing anybody, wouldn't even talk to her. So all she did, because she had that hope, and if you've got hope, you'll take action, uh, she just showed up at 8 o'clock when the manager got there and sat just outside of his office from 8 o'clock until 5 o'clock when he left. Uh, she did it one day, two days, three days, four days, and on the fourth day, the manager said, you know, I believe this girl wants a job. <laughs> he interviewed her, and bottom line is, uh, she sold him, she got the job, and almost immediately, she became number one in production, number one salesperson there. As a matter of fact, a few months later, she was out producing the other four salespeople combined. And then she got a big break. She broke her leg. And it was a serious break. She was in a, a cast from her hip, literally, to her ankle. Doctor said it's going to be 10 months before you'll be able to go back to work. So 10 days later, she showed back up at the radio station on crutches, hobbling around, hired a driver to drive her around, but hey, it was so difficult getting in and out of cars, she knew she had to do something else. But now she's being fed with hope. She's seen what she's been able to do. She's seen the changes that have come to the inevitable question. What can I do now? People with hope get to be creative, you see. What can I do now? Uh, that will enable me to remain or retain my productivity. I simply cannot fight this getting in and out of the car a dozen times a day and sometimes the person I want to see is not even there. She started studying telephone selling and became so good at it her productivity went up. Then the other salespeople came to her and said, tell us what you're doing. She started teaching them. Then the sales manager quit and they petitioned a management to make Pam the sales manager and they did. Now she really got busy and production doubled and tripled. As a matter of fact, it was with Disney radio chain and so they started taking her to other radio stations and productivity went up in every case. She was invited to speak and incidentally after a few weeks of that, they made her the vice president in charge of sales. Now here's a lady three and a half years early having a psychiatrist tell her she's never going to do anything because she's going to be depressed and in this condition all of her life. And now three and a half years later, she's the vice president in charge of sales for Disney Radio. They invited her to speak at the National Radio Broadcasters Association and uh, she was so effective, 18 stations invited her to come do some training in their company. Today she's a published author internationally known speaker started with hope 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 is the concept i would like you to embrace this new year zig says when there is hope in the future there is power in the present and that has been so true in my life if you are not full of hope for the future then i encourage you to fill your mind with the good the clean the pure and the powerful come on back next week for another inspirational message from zig ziglar 
Until then, I'm Blake Lindsay, encouraging you to live your life to the fullest. Ziggler. Ziggler. Inspiring true performance.